Okay, welcome to Liquidity and Liquor. I'm Scott DeClaire. I'm here with Yosef Martin. What are we talking about today? So today I'm going to talk to you about how exit can go wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's go. So exits can go wrong in so many ways, but uh, one of the worst ways that it usually happens um, is where there's an issue with partners. And a, a little story I'll tell you where, where I sold a, a small piece of my company to a private equity at the first time, it all, it felt at mo at one part that's going to fall apart because I gave some sweat equity to some people, but, but eventually it turned, turned out to be okay. But when that happened, after we, we sold, we, we went through that private equity came on board and they were nothing but amazing. We're still friends still today. And they told me a lot of stories about events that they had companies, they invest and they move on. One of them was telling me about a company that they were supposed to invest. Um, he was actually at the time working for a different uh, private equity group. And they were supposed to invest in a company that was grossing about 100 million. And the, the cash out was supposed to be a couple hundred millions. But the problem was that there was the owner. And then there was another guy in a warehouse that was a real good friend of him. And there was the secretary that while he was married, that secretary and him were kind of like together. And he just one day on a Good day. He really liked her. And he said, you're getting 25%. And oh you my are God. my best friend. You get another 25%. Really funny story. <laughs> not, not funny yeah. for some people involved. So eventually when they needed to kind of like sell uh, the rights for every person, you kind of like had to get everyone on board. You couldn't just say one said no, but overruling no. So they ended up going through the due diligence. Now, a due diligence process typically for size like that takes six months something around that. And you have to perform at your highest. However, it's very draining. There's a lot of work, right? The due diligence, it requires you to go and show every paper, just a lot of work where the main people that usually driving the business has to step out and focus on the exit. And that usually slows down the business. Not usually, but it can absolutely happen. In their case, Everything was okay. They were like the best friends, the best friend in the warehouse, that secretary, another guy, all of them had percentages. There was not one person that can make a, 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 like a decision. There was not majority for one. And when they had to go and buy the company, suddenly when they saw the numbers, they started fighting with each other. All that friendship was out the window. The business was poorly performing. By the time they ended the due diligence with nothing, because they were killing each other with knives. The business was performing so bad that the private equity looked at the business and said, no, we don't want it at all. So they walked away and the whole business ended up bankrupt. Get out. Yes. They couldn't recover. So, and that, imagine when you, when you drive around, right? And you look at how the billboard. How do you screw it up so bad? This is, this is, no, this explain, is something explain, that... Explain how you screw it up so well, bad. Well, I mean, I quit, because... I leave, you don't... I, I hold that position in the business. I'm the one that talks to those suppliers. I call the suppliers. He's a fucking asshole. Don't talk to him. You have no idea how bad it can be until it happens. And then you understand how much privilege you give one particular person over the business, right? And just emotions. Right, a secretary, uh, uh, a warehouse boy, whatever it is, right? And everybody suddenly, from being best friends like family to being the biggest enemies, sabotaging the business, sabotaging everything. Uh, you know what? None of you is going to get anything. Imagine it was supposed to be a couple hundred millions for people that were secretary and split between them, right? When you drive around the, when you drive on a highway and you see the billboards and you see 
the lottery ticket. If you're going to have $400 million, right? Imagine you're driving four friends. Hey, guys, we can all get it. I'll get 30%. You get 20%. You get 10%. Amazing, right? Imagine that was the kind of money. And then eventually they ended up with nothing. That's wild. Yes. Why did why would he make such an, a stupid decision? Just he was inexperienced when he was uh, giving out the equity. I, the I, I obviously I wasn't the one looking at the company. I can't tell you more. Than I'm just that. trying it to was, think of like the lessons that you take from this. Because the reason the reason going to say like don't. No one's going to listen to the story and be like, oh, I, maybe I shouldn't give up 25 percent of my phantom secretary. Share. So when you have a business and you start your company, don't give away stacks. Give options. This is the this is the lesson learned. Okay, options. If you give someone stocks, is only if they paid. So if you have a company, explain the difference. Too. All right, big difference. When uh, and I've done the same mistake. I hand over company stocks, common stocks. Is this different than so for somebody who's listening? Is Options. this different than a, than a safe agreement? So someone's early stage entrepreneur doing a, a like a safe agreement for future equity. This would be actual stocks, I think. Well, no. What you do is you you tell them you get options. The options. They call it phantom options, but you usually go through an attorney and you said, all right, look, the options usually st stipulate that you're going to come and work for me. I'm going to give you the company has, let's just say, a million shares. I'm going to take 2% of the business in options and I'm going to give you, which is too much to give just <laughs> in the beginning, which yeah. is, you know, at first it's nothing. So you don't mind giving 2% of nothing. Right. But but eventually we need something. And then you need to hire more talented people with skills. And experience, right? And you have to hand over more shares. Like you, you, you kind of like feel regret that you hand over so many. But what you do is you say, well, stock options are going to simply state that you work over here for five years. The first year, it's a cliff. If you didn't stay for yeah. the duration, it, it basically you lose it. But then after that, every year you, you get the options that in an event of it will be issued as a share. You cannot vote. Nobody cares about your oh, opinion. Oh, so this is like the difference between preferred and and non-preferred shares is really like no that. preferred shares get nothing. It get nothing to do with that. The preferred share usually an investor would show up and say, "I will buy," but I want a preferred share. So in an event, uh, so I put say twenty million dollar in your business. So the first twenty million out plus ten percent are mine because I already put twenty million in the business. So don't. That's a preferred share. That's usually how it works, right? So it's like okay, you know, if we sell next time and it only sold for twenty million. I'm taking my 20 million out. I got you. Okay. Right, so that's that's how it is. Because it gets confusing between preferred and and like class A and class B. Yeah, you can you can you can stipulate the way you want it. Yeah. You can go and say, well, class A common stocks are gonna be just a regular stocks. Then there's gonna be the preferred, but then I can do another preferred and I can do another. You can create any structure you want because you know if if I am the third investor and I'm coming in after you had two investors already, and now I'm here trying to save your business, said so listen guys. You're good with your preferred, but I want to create another layer of preferred shares, which would stipulate that I'm going to get the first money and I want to double my money, in fact. And if you guys are OK with that, because no one else is going to be putting more money, including you. So if you want, there, there are different cases where you can see it. I think the more important to understand yeah. for, for the listeners that want to start a business, do not hand over shares. Get people to get the stock options. You get a lawyer. They'll explain to you better, but stock options are the best. What happened at the end, if someone works for you and he quits, but you already gave him, that's what happened to me. I had I hired a guy, nice guy. I gave him some shares after a few months, like, okay, I'm leaving. But guess what? He get to keep his shares. Now, honestly, I didn't care because we didn't get along at that point, which was better blessing for the business. It was more of a trouble, but 
but it, it's it's something that you don't want to do, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's a common error that entrepreneurs do because you, at first, your perspective of of how to do things is only land with what you've seen by yourself. So you want to go and do stock options, don't hand over shares without a good reason. All right. Okay, that's it for today. If you enjoyed, please subscribe on YouTube. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can download and listen to it wherever you get your podcasts or on liquidityandliquor.com.